name's Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com and I'm here with my good friend and fellow astrologer Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrologer.com and we are back this month to talk to you all about the astrology that's happening that has been that is (laughs) all those things so welcome Christina how are you you know in the circumstances I'm very well Thank you for asking. And how are you, Sally? Yes, I'm well, actually. I've, um, I've been taking a bit of a break from work. I was so busy for a few months. Um, so I thought ideal thing to do while Mercury's retrograde. And I do like to go off and retreat usually during Mercury retrograde. But I just took a bit of a step back from work. I needed just to stop being so busy, actually. It does feel like a time of extremes, doesn't it? You're either People are either really busy with homeschooling and work or I know people who've you know twiddling their thumbs and trying to get through lockdown because they haven't got enough going on yeah I agree I think it's one thing or the other it's either too much work or too too no or no work at all mm. um so the people who are at work seem to be absolutely flat out and yeah. the people who are have nothing are really have these huge expanses of time to fill mm. Uh, which is proving less, which is, uh, thank God for television, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, binge watching Netflix, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have you been watching? Oh, I've watched um, Call My Agent, which I loved. Yeah, uh, I love that. Queen's Gambit, which I loved. I mean, yep. it's some really good stuff on, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've just finished It's a Sin, which I loved. Oh, mm, I, I cried. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. I know that that sounded fantastic. Mm. So, and how have you been? Have you found this very Mercury retrograde glitchy or kind of okay? I found it glitchy to begin with, um, just with little niggly things. Mm. Um, you know, a few communications things, which you would expect really from Mercury retrograde in an air sign. Mm. And... Um, uh, yeah, otherwise, actually, it's been, you know, I've had been getting back in touch with people, which is always my thing with the Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been so much other energy in Aquarius that it's quite hard to disentangle what's what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's been an extraordinary month yeah. already, just with the highs and, you know, the some very positive astrology, the Venus... Mm-hmm. Jupiter conjunction, for example, uh, a few days ago, a few weeks ago now, isn't it? So I mean, last it, month? it was February the 11th. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so we had some quite good news on about my one of my kids uh, exam results on that day. I thought that was quite appropriate. She's the one who's got uh, moon in Aquarius. Yeah. Um, and uh but then it's also been i mean i have to admit although i like to be pollyanna and perky perky and everything i am finding the lockdown quite arduous Mm. and i think it's interesting that we've had this massive freeze with saturn in aquarius you know the cold planet who brings coldness in his favorite sign has brought this very cold weather yeah, we've had the beast from the east, haven't we, here in the UK? Yeah, and America. Have you, I don't know if you've seen those pictures of America's freezing there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, I, you know, I quite like cold weather, but uh, it has, and that at least that's been interesting, you know. Uh, but otherwise, I've been feeling pretty uh, hemmed in. Let's put it yeah. like that. Yeah, it's been interesting because, um, you know, we were always looking at that new moon in Aquarius, weren't we, on yeah. February the 11th with the six of the seven traditional planets in Aquarius and how that was going to be. Um, and I think for some people, it was just too much. Yeah, I mean, too much it, air. Too much air. I mean, a lot of people struggling, I think, mentally with that, yes. you know, because the, just the mind in overdrive, you know, air is... Um, your thoughts isn't it and things just just too much and it's been a really kind of I think also this fixed you know we've all these Mm. they're either in the planets have been in Aquarius or Taurus you know air and earth fixed signs and I think that's been tough for some people really tough it's just like you know when are we going to get a break or you Mm. know when are things going to shift so I think a lot depended on that new moon where it fell in your horoscope you know, which sector it fell in, um, how it played out, whether it was a good thing or whether it was actually quite stressful and testing. Yeah. Um, I have I have liked the Jupiter. I mean, there was the Sun-Jupiter conjunction at the end of January, and I had a couple of people in my life who had financial wins, mm. you know, money they weren't expecting on that Jupiter. So I think Jupiter has been trying to give us a little helping hand at times, and there is more Jupiter to come in the you know, the subsequent uh, month we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ups and downs very much at the moment. So we're coming into Pisces month. Hooray. I'm actually quite pleased. (laughs) 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 I am actually quite pleased. (laughs) Good. Well, you should be. It's my month. Yes. I know. I know. It's your birthday month, isn't it? Dear Pisces. (laughs) Yes. Yes. At last. We get the spotlight for a while. Yeah, and I just um, think it's going to be nice having a change, having, you know, we, we get water, we get emotion, this flow from, you know, things have been rigid and quite stuck. So I'm hoping it does. Yeah, it's like it, it's like the uh, ice begins to melt, right? The yes. The ice that we've had will start to melt, we yeah. hope. Yes. Um, so February the 18th, the sun moves into Pisces, taking us up to the equinox on march the 20th the last sign do you like being a pisces christina (laughs) (laughs) i'll just ask the pisces to talk about pisces (laughs) i don't know what i'm supposed to say that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i like being me um yeah i think that it's uh of course i mean it's it's we're complicated pisces is a complicated sign Uh, and we are many and various, or who is it that says he, he's, you know, the devil is legion. We are legion Pisces. Um, so, you know, you don't know, it's not like, you know, one Pisces, you know, them all at all. I, I think, I think this is one of the most um, varied signs um, influenced by whatever other stuff you have in your chart, you know, more or less. Mm. But uh, it can be, you know, it's a sign that is about hidden influences. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's funny because I was looking at to think, oh, well, you know, let's talk about a few famous Pisces. And actually there weren't, you know, that many doing stuff until I started to think a little bit more mm. laterally. And, and of course, I realized that the head of the World Health Organization is a Pisces. 
whose name I find very difficult to pronounce, I'm ashamed to say. I don't quite know how it's pronounced. Tedros uh, Adhanom, who's the head, he's the Ethiopian guy and he's the head of the World Health Organization. And I think that's a very Piscean kind of job to have, which is very, very influential um, and to do with health because Pisces has got a connection to healing, I think, um, and to do with either spiritual or actual real healing, physical, not real healing, physical healing. Um, And it's a huge, huge organization. You know, it's global. And Pisces think without boundaries and that or feel without boundaries. And the, the main word that I would use for Pisces is boundless. Yes, I agree. Um, and that applies in many different ways. I mean, I always mention Rupert Murdoch, who is the most influential person on the planet, I suppose, who's very, very old now, but owns all of those newspapers and Fox News, etc. Uh, Pisces. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, one of the three signs of the Zodiac that has two planetary rulers so Jupiter and Neptune, I mean, Jupiter, the biggest planet, um, global, global influence. And then Neptune, god of the sea, again, vast. The sea is just vast, immense and boundless. Mm. I mean, I think I was going to say just with Pisces, I see that, you know, if you talk about boundaries with Pisces, quite often it's like, yeah, Pisces have issues with boundaries in relationships. Mm. Um, in all sorts of different areas as well. It is It is often, I think, something that Pisces knows all about. That, yeah, that, I mean, know, I, how much I, know Pisces, I know Pisces, for instance, who don't have any boundaries about work. Yeah. You know, the work works and comes in life. life comes, I mean, you know, even my life is like that. The work is, and the life are interwoven in a way that it's not compartmentalized. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not a compartmentalized person. Um, yeah. And if you don't, you know, you have to figure out how to do that with Pisces. And like all sun signs, there's always the danger of falling into your opposite, your Virgo, which is becoming, gets getting sucked into that detail too much. Mm. I'm confused. Um, although although you, Pisces, need, you need a bit of the Virgo as well, don't you? Otherwise, you know, Pisces never turn up on time. <laughs> I, yes. Or, you I, know, I, you, <laughs> you need to learn a bit of the Virgo. It's like all the opposite axes. You can learn from the other. You can learn from the other, or you can understand that you actually need to ask someone to help you Yes, to do that. And, and, you know, that's what I tend to do is I I ask for help um, with the things that I can't do, like, you know, keep track of like the details. I'm not into that. Um, Of stuff that I find boring, I find very difficult to do. Let's put it like that. So bills and things like that. I just, I'm so, I can't. You outsource. I outsource (laughs) things a lot. Yeah, yeah, the other Pisces who I think is interesting in the news is Edward Enenful, who is the um, editor of British Vogue and has been for a few years, who's born on the 22nd of February. And he's transformed British Vogue from a very pretty boring, frankly, fashion magazine that was about posh people before to something really interesting. He's made it much more diverse, which is another Pisces word is diversity. Mm. embracing diversity and embracing many differences and he's also made it more beautiful um which is another pisces ideal i think is to bring beauty into the world when things are going well i mean i wouldn't you know steve jobs is another the the guy who um 
you know, ran Apple and created a beautiful interface on computers yeah. that we all use now. Yeah. Um, so, so I was going to say, and and on that note of kind of bringing beauty into the world, there was the young poet, Amanda Gordon, yeah. and at the inauguration, who really, I mean, people just went kind of, you know, she was a huge influence, wasn't she? People really... Well, she... She did a couple of Pisces things. I mean, a couple. She did some very Pisces things. One is to be the poet, because yeah. that's that's what Pisces is, is a poet, is trying to bring poetry into life. And the other thing that was Pisces was to just bring that sort of streak of real um, of art, that streak of beauty into the... Because she yeah. looked fantastic as well. She actually looked beautiful. I see she's got a modeling contract now. Oh, which, has she? Yeah. Oh, good. Which I hope helps pay for her to write poetry. Yeah. Um, rather than just turning her into another object. Yeah, it brought it brought a lot of emotion, didn't it, to the? Um, yeah. To that quite difficult inauguration, actually. It's, and also, you know, Pisces season for me is the Oscars. I'm normally doing my Oscar predictions at this time of year, but that's been that's been moved until the end of April. Taurus what do you season. think of that, Sally? What, what, what a mistake, right? Well, it's a massive mistake because, you know, the Oscars is such a Neptunian. I mean, it's, it's classic Neptune, you know, the movies, images, the cinema, and the glamour of it. You know, everyone dressed up to the nines and they roll out the red carpet. I mean, it's just glitz and glamour and it, it, it's, it's completely Neptunian events. So the fact that it's not in Pisces season, I think is wrong. <laughs> I think just you should not complain. Yeah, absolutely. They should just do little selfies in their, you know, Hollywood mansions. <clears throat> yes, I imagine they've moved it to April to, um, to so they can hopefully get together, but socially distance getting together won't it be? It won't be the usual big event. I'm looking forward to seeing their little, you know, what kind of masks they're wearing. You know, their diamante masks. Well, they'll all have a branded masks, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yeah, you're right. mask. <laughs> they'll all be, uh, they'll probably have, yeah, the, you know, the sort of designer's names on them so we all know who's made the yeah. exclusive masks. Yes, it'll be, the, it'll be all about the masks this year, no doubt. Hmm. So should we have a look at the um, what's coming up? Well, I suppose we should, shouldn't we? Um, we good oh, things we are coming up, though. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, Mercury turns direct, doesn't it, very soon on the 21st. For those people who have been finding the Mercury retrograde a challenge, and, you know, some people do, quite often Gemini and Virgo, Mercury ruled. I mean, that is a turning point, February the 21st. Yeah, I mean, I think that actually this Mercury retrograde has been pretty good for research and getting things organized, you know, going back and organizing stuff. So, you know, from the 21st, you should have your ducks in a row, so to speak, for whatever part of the chart this has been affecting, and you should be ready to move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, um, I mean, I do, I like Mercury Direct, turning direct. I mean, I do tend to try and use it for things mm-hmm. that have been bubbling away. You know, it's a good date or just after that to take action, to get in contact or to, you know, get those ideas out in the world. I mean, it is it is really worth using the Mercury Direct, and it is in Aquarius, the sign of the moment. So, yeah. you know, wherever it falls in your horoscope, you know, so um, Taurus, it's career sector, isn't it? It's a good Mercury turning direct for Aquarius, obviously. It's about, you know, your 
who you are, your personal goals and aims. Um, but yeah, use it. Yeah, I mean, launch I, those ideas. Launch those ideas, pick up the phone, mm. send an email, get things, you know, and, you know, as you said, get those, get those ducks flapping now. They're in a row. <laughs> now, they can, now they can flap and fly off and do something spectacular. So, yeah. Um, um, I did, you know, because um, I know people sometimes ask me a lot about Mercury shadow. I mean, do you think that's important? The fact that you I... know Mercury only gets back to 26 Aquarius. I think it's mid-March, which is the degree it turned retrograde on. Do you use that or do you find it? Kind of and kind of not. I mean, if you counted Mercury shadow, right, on both sides, most of, you know, a lot of the year would be Mercury yeah, no, uh, I agree. Retrograde. Um, I do think it's important before Mercury goes retrograde. Mm. So before the actual retrograde, there's this mo- there's a few weeks where you're in the shadow where things might start to kind of unravel. Yeah. Um, but by now, already, I can feel you know I can feel we're recording this. Mercury is still retrograde when we're record- recording this, so excuse any kind of glitches. But you can feel that it's it's the point for me is when Mercury and the Sun make a conjunction, mm-hmm. and then Mercury gets and then Mercury and then they start separating again, and then Mercury turns direct. So from the moment that Mercury and the Sun make a conjunction, mm-hmm. things start to kind of start to work out. So yeah. I wouldn't if I were kind of being really picky, I wouldn't call the mercury retrograde shadow in the future one if you see what i mean i wouldn't call that a shadow even i would call that a light or something i don't know what do you think well yeah i do think i like the the sun mercury retrograde conjunction which this time was on february the 8th i think often is it's kind of like a you know a me moment i think yeah. it's a time when real insights can come in because you're still in it at that point um, I, you know, I, I really go with the Mercury retrograde phase for doing all the Mercury retrograde mm-hmm. stuff, like not launching anything. I mean, otherwise, as you say, it's six months of the year, which is too long. Yeah. Um, but I do like to note the Mercury shadow, yeah. whatever we want to call it. I do like to note the date when Mercury returns to the degree it turned retrograde at, which I think is March the 12th this time. And just to, again, to see if there's something that didn't work out, maybe you can push it through or speak up or, you know, work something out. So I think it's an interesting date to note. Hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really for me, it's Mercury turning direct. That's the, the hmm. key that unlocks things. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I would say there are definitely, I completely agree with that. There are kind of four points with the Mercury retrograde, aren't there? Is it four? So there's you know, the point where it goes into the shadow before it turns retrograde. Um, then there's the point where it turns retrograde. Then there's the point where it conjoins the sun. Then there's the point. So there's five points. Then there's the point where it leaves, where it turns direct again. And then there's the point where it leaves the, sh- the shadow. We'll call it that for lack of a better word at the moment. So there are five points, turning points to look at, and they each mean slightly different things. Um, But I agree with you that, and I think the kind of unraveling and things starting to go well starts at that Kazemi moment when the the Mercury sun makes a conjunction. Mm. But I agree, you still don't want to launch anything, but you kind of things start to work out. 
you know, you kind of have found the problems and you're finding the fixes. Yeah. Then when it goes, um, when, when Mercury turns direct, that is a very important moment, the 21st of February. I think that's possibly the most important moment. I agree. Um, and then that moment on the 8th of March, there may be one last push that you can do. 12th of March. 12th of March. Um, yeah, it's the 12th of March. When it- you don't want to get too hung up on the Mercury retrograde either. Why? Because actually Mercury rules Virgo and Gemini, and it doesn't rule everybody else, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, an, it's a p- important, but for some people, maybe quite a minor effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And I agree. Some people, some people, I also think if you have it, Mercury retrograde in your chart, when you're born, I think they're really important, whatever your star sign. The yeah. It's part, useful. You know, people seem to be more in flow with it then, or um, can use it more, but yes, no, I agree. It's, it's, you know, this Mercury is Gemini and, Virgo's planet isn't it so it's really important really important for them so for Gemini you know when it turns direct that's uh it's to do with um sort of your future it's it's travel plans which may not be happening but it's also study it's sort of philosophy it's ideas it's this bigger picture turning points about those um kind of areas and for Virgo it's about your work and health so looking particularly at those you know your routine your lifestyle looking at things shifting in in those departments. Yeah, and this particular Mercury retrograde is so important because it's been in the middle of the Aquarius stuff. So it's been part of this massive stellium. Um, and actually, it means that the you continue to think about the stellium, the things of the stellium, right, for a long time. It gives you a long period of mulling over what the stellium is or having to deal with this stuff of the stellium wherever it falls in your chart. Yeah. Um, so as you, I mean, and so as you say for Virgo, this, um, you know, this could be to do with health. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe I would think that some Virgos have become, have been very worried, you know, that it may, and it's, and it may have been very stressful actually. Mm um hopefully it will become it'll start have started de-stressing mm. at that uh kazemi point february the 8th but it really should start to de-stress from the 21st onwards because mercury is also about you know the mind and it can be that anxiousness you know that you know, were talking about how this big aquarius stellium has been quite anxiety making for some people um and i think that the mercury retrograde has contributed to that mm, i agree it's and i think it's you know the the word that as you were speaking that springs to mind for me is uncertainty yeah it's when you're a, a virgo in particular also gemini you know you you kind of um you want the facts you want to know what's happening you want to be able to plan you want you know you want to get things in place so sometimes it's that uncertainty not knowing that is anxiety inducing um so i think the mercury turning could bring information to light could bring news that would be helpful and can you know can ease and settle the mind um and then also we get the full moon in virgo actually yeah it's not that it's on february the 27th um which yeah. you know again feels like an important moment for virgo the yeah can again 
it brings illumination and insight you know there's clarity it often brings clarity which i think has been missing yeah uh, or at least if it's not clarity exactly this this time round at least it will you know help to refocus maybe yeah um yeah it's tricky it's it's a you know it's it's tricky times that we're living in i mean yes. frankly we're in in the middle of a serious lockdown here um i know this is not true across the planet no, um but it's true across a lot of the planet Mm. um that we're in the serious lockdown which is to do with the saturn and aquarius etc mm. and it's uh, you know there's a reassessment going on under this mercury retrograde yeah and the uh reassessment the results of that reassessment will become very clear in the next two weeks mm. it seems to me from maybe from that uh full moon in virgo which is a, a full moon that in as a sort of speaking gen in very broad brush uh with with a, speaking with a broad brush you cannot do that speaking in broad terms it's a, <laughs> it's a um that's about details right mm. so you may find out some details that you didn't know mm. Mm. it's a, i think it's a you know there's because also i know we the mars pluto there's a mars pluto trine as well isn't on the 21st two days before yeah I like that. so the full moon falls in earth and then you've got this very earthy mars pluto trine so mars in taurus pluto in capricorn that does feel like there's some kind of decisions going to be made around that or some finalities or you know it feels like things pushing through in a way um Mars Pluto, the Mars Pluto trine is um, an important uh, aspect to keep track of, especially if you're a Scorpio, for example, or a, an Aries. Um, and, you know, we have Pluto still in Capricorn and Mars in Taurus. And these are practical signs. So this is about some practical things going through. So you've got the Mercury going direct, then you have the Mars Pluto trine, and then you have this full moon. Yeah. So there will be, you know, something will, will it's per, on a personal level is a moment perhaps to push through with something or to make a decision. Um, and it may be quite a ruthless decision. This is not, these are not fuzzy, uh, touchy feely planets. Mm. Mind you on the same day, Venus goes into Pisces. So that's quite nice. Yeah. On the 25th. Um, yeah. yeah, we're moving into mutable, a mutable month, which is, I think, I think that's what for me is going to be this real welcome change. I mean, the mutable signs are more flexible, adaptable. You know, the sun goes into Pisces. Then, as you say, we've got Venus moving into Pisces um, on the 25th. So she'll be in Pisces as well. And, and Venus loves being in Pisces. Mm. Um, you know, it's beauty. It's it's art. It's it's love. Uh, it's a very romantic placing for venus in pisces actually um so maybe that full moon as well could be really romantic for virgo pisces in particular i'm thinking um first yeah. house i'm pretty pretty romantic for uh you know scorpio actually venus in pisces is a fantastic transit always for scorpio yeah and mars mars in taurus in your relationship sector for scorpio as well so mm. You know, there could be some really exciting times relationship-wise. Um, exciting, a bit sexy, maybe. 
bit sexy. Yeah, a bit sexy. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, All the Scorpios out there having a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, at, least a, at least a great fantasy life, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing else. <laughs> Uh, and fantasy life is something that we've all come to rely on a lot during mm-hmm. the lockdown. But also this is a Neptune and Pisces thing, isn't it? We've had Neptune and Pisces for the last 10 years, yeah. Um, yeah. which is the, the planet of fantasy and the sign of fantasy. And, you know, thank goodness we've had all these, um, bo- you know, all this incredible TV being made, all this stuff, all this streaming is actually being used by a lot of people to keep, sane or as an escape the only escape from people has been through that little uh lit, lit up box in the corner of your living room or yeah. actually i'm not a little lit up box we're talking about that vast wall on the side of your living room has been one form of escape that's been very useful for a lot of people which is kind of that neptune and pisces mm. and i think that that will continue yeah, you know, it will continue because Neptune is so strong actually in this month coming up. Yep. Um, you know, there's when you look at March, there's a Sun Neptune conjunction on the 11th. There's a Venus Neptune conjunction on the 14th, and a really stunning new Moon on March the 13th in Pisces that pulls in both Venus and Neptune. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know, really this- an amazingly gorgeous one. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, something quite magical and beautiful could happen it's on that. Universal day. love one. Universal you know? love, yeah. Or boundless love. Yeah. I, I always think that's why um, Venus is exalted in um, Pisces, you know, as the boundless love, as love has no boundaries in, when Venus is in Pisces. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, Ve- and Venus and Neptune are the higher and lower octave of one another. Yeah. You know, they're both Venus's traditionally love, Neptune is romance. I mean, they, you know, and that's that's what love takes. Love is, un- true love is unconditional. It is boundless. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's not about restraints or conditions. Um, um, but it's a very beautiful, you know, I think March is, I think it is a time for us all to seek beauty in life. And it's a real- beauty is. It's, a ten, it's an attempt to sort of rebalance this overly dry. I mean, I think that we, the, it's interesting that this cold snap here has been incred, a very dry cold snap, which because I think of Aquarius as quite a dry sign, you know, yeah, and then we're going into the very moist Pisces. Mm-hmm. And it's basically we're cutting a bit more juice flowing. Mm-hmm. And this full moon, sorry, new moon in Pisces on the 13th of March is incredibly juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the juices are flowing it's uh it's a moment you know and also it's in the north anyway really is the spring those early moments of spring the daffodils are coming um you know that the the green shoots are just very very tiny green shoots are coming up and you get that feeling of of nature pushing forward pushing out of the ground again um in this Pisces season, but especially at that new moon. Yeah. Um, and that new moon, it seems to me that if you wanted to, and I always say this, but just after the new moon, so a few hours after, not before, because you don't want to do it at the dark of the moon, but if you wanted to plant the seed of something to, that's going to grow 
for a, quite a long time, something beautiful like a work of art or a poem or, uh, or a love affair or, <laughs> or a song, one, you know, something pleasurable, that would be an incredible new moon to do this uh, moment to do this. Um, and I think that especially applies to Scorpio again, but also to Cancerians. And Pisces, um, I think, as well. Oh, definitely to Pisces. Um, All the water signs. It's, I mean, the water signs are going to be in flow, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. You yeah. know, there's, I think there's going to be more of a flow, more of an ease um, with the astrology coming up in this month. It feels really beautiful. I also, because... Um, and don't you think even Sagittarius and Gemini, you know, this is also a great moment for them because it's on their that axis. Yes. So for Sagittarians, you know, this is a moment actually literally to, if you wanted to, to start a family, you know, this would be the moment to get pregnant. Yeah, It's like that kind of feeling to it, this moment of conception or inception. Or find um, your dream home for Sagittarius as well. If you're looking yeah. to live, what a good moon for finding yeah. The most beautiful place, yeah. Whether, you know, it's got beautiful views, or there's something really kind of gorgeous about the building. I don't know. It feels like finding a, a place of a real dream home, a real yeah, dream or a place of refuge as well, or yeah. redecorating sanctuary, you know? yeah, mm. or doing the garden. And then for Gemini, this is amazing. It's great for your career. This right. this, this is the time to get on television, Gemini. Actually. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> It is. Moon in Pisces. It's make sure you're seen, you know, become an influencer on YouTube or <laughs> start your YouTube channel, you know, start the media career. I mean, Gemini's are great in the media world. So, yeah. I mean, this is a fantastic new moon for all that kind of influence. Gemini's this month, as soon as the sun goes into Pisces, think about your profile, think about who you want to be seen by, you know, oh. and how you can be uh be be appreciated you know and have a bit bigger audience as you yeah. say get on tv i mean obviously the equivalent in your own life mm. but yeah it's a really really beautiful and it's really positive do you know there's there's no downside to this yeah um so where are we there were a few other things that well, there are there are a few other things um i mean i think this this the new moon that new moon on march 13th is a real you know find out where it falls in your horoscope because it's a real peak new moon yeah. it's very beautiful um there's also i i wanted to pick up on the um because we have had these lovely jupiter conjunctions i know it's been a difficult time but there's been jupiter conjunctions throughout January, February, and the final ones on March the 5th, when it's Mercury's turn in Aquarius to make a conjunction to Jupiter. And that's, it happened, it's happened twice before. The first one was on January the 11th, and the retrograde one was on February the 14th. And then it's the final third Mercury-Jupiter conjunction on March the 5th. So, you know, these, these can be lucky. So for Libra yeah. in particular, it falls in your luck sector. There, you know, it's a it's a good time to kind of trust your luck, to speculate a little, to, you know, to kind of be really open to things, being positive actually, being positive um, about life and trusting luck, remembering that luck is an attitude. It's that kind of vibe to it, um, and it could bring in good news as well. 
um, you know, Sagittarius, it's your communication sector. Um, there's often oh. things turn on the on these Jupiter conjunctions. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, for Sagittarians, um, also because the day before Mars goes into Gemini, yes. so Mars is changing signs. Yeah. this month and that's always you know important so march 4th mars changes signs it moves into gemini it moves into your opposite sign sagittarius mm -hmm. so that means you know more encounters more interactions with people some of them may be feisty good some of them may be feisty exciting you know that there may be uh someone very masculine who comes into your life um and mars and for gemini's as we were saying before, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming on about your career, your status, etc. With Mars in your sign as well, you've got a lot of chutzpah, you know, you've got that uh, bravery to push forwards and you may be feeling quite physically fit, you know. Um, in fact, if you've been feeling, if you've been feeling very confined or you've been staying at home, of course you have, but you know, if Mars moving into your sign can really make you need to and want to get out and start running again or whatever, uh, whatever, whatever it is that uh, gets the blood pumping, which is a martial thing. And, and also that's, you know, it's an important movement of Mars for Aries because yep. Aries ruling planet. So again, a similar theme in a way, I think, um, Mars moving into Gemini it is about you know you, it's about movement so again if you've been feeling very stuck it's about trying to get things moving it's also about needing to get the flow of ideas moving or or the conversation moving so it's very much I think for Aries when Mars is in Gemini it's a time to start reaching out to other people yeah set things in motion you know send off emails Try and find out there's something you've been, you know, you need to know. This is a good time to gain that knowledge or or to get ideas or get the right person on your side. It's very much about communication where there's this sense of movement. Mars and Gemini, it's yes. time to find a tennis partner, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes. Socially distanced tennis it is socially distanced, actually. I was is always it, yeah, yeah, you know, I was surprised when they closed the tennis courts because I thought, well, if there's just two of you playing on either side of the net, it's fairly easy to keep socially distanced. But anyway, yeah, exactly. maybe yeah. you're touching the same balls, you see. That's perhaps the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christina's looking at me on Zoom now, rather often. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's, there's, you know, it's, it's not the most contact sport, is it? But No, it's not. No, exactly. I always think of Mars and Gemini as one of as those sports, though. Those, yes, you know, the sort when they when you have a partner like uh, tennis, squash, mm. ping pong, mm. socially distanced ping pong. Well, as I often say, Gemini's make the best tennis players. I mean, there's a whole host of them. Um, so yeah, it's it, and, and it rules the hands. Dexterity, you know, yeah, dexterity. It's good coordination. So it's so that's great for some of the star signs. Mm. Aquarius, I kind of like this for Aquarius too, because I mean it's fifth mm. house for Aquarius. So you know, it is time to get out there and have fun if you can. Um, you know, it's your fun sector, it's the play sector, it's um it's about being more more social. I mean, if you've been, I mean, for some Aquarians, you might have been very involved in your own 
think, your personal issues, what's going on for you, your own plans. But actually, once Mars is in Gemini, it's a time to get out there and and just get let other people in more if you can. Mm. Uh, however you can do that. It's yeah. I wonder as well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um in the U- here in the UK they're talking about schools going back on March the eighth at the moment. That's the date. So, and I mean, Gemini is the education sign. It's the sign that rules schools. So is this Mars, you know, getting this this movement where the doors of the schools open and people go back in? Um, yeah, doesn't look very good for countering infection, though, does it? No, because Mars can, um, it would be, Mars can be quite rabid, rabid. Yeah, <laughs> it would be opening the schools and have creating a super spreader event. But anyway, that's... Um, that's another conversation that's really. another conversation um the the um the other thing about that mars and gemini is it starts to make a nice sextile to all the aquarius stuff so some of the plans that you maybe put, have put into place in february with the this big stellium in aquarius or the stuff you've been thinking about you can start putting it into action already mm-hmm. um by mars the you know march the 4th um and those the following six weeks you know or five weeks mars stays in gemini for quite a while um take it you can take action on that that stuff Mm. um okay so i think that have we dealt with everything that we wanted to say we said everything we need to say i think so it's in a way it's it's quite um there is this real change coming up isn't there because we've got this feel of all the planets starting to move into mutable signs so getting out of that rigidity of the fixed star signs but in some ways it feels more like a simple dare I say it it feels more kind of like a simple month where things could flow and you know there's 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 more kind of hope I feel more hopeful I hope there's more hope. Let's put it and like actually, that. And actually, that's something I did want to say because we yeah. keep we keep talking about what's the astrology for saying about lockdown. Mm. And you know, I had this real great hope that the Jupiter Saturn conjunction on the solstice, December the twentieth, would bring you know it would sort of bring freedom because Jupiter can be about freedom. But it didn't, and we just went. It just expanded Saturn in Aquarius and mm. made the lockdown worse in a way um and the and you know but also it's about the vaccines and the spread Mm. of the virus but i wonder at the beginning of march jupiter is finally eight degrees away from saturn it's speeding through aquarius desperately trying to get into pisces by mid-may and i am wondering if jupiter is you know out of saturn's clutches and that traditionally is eight degrees for a conjunction whether then we will feel this kind of easing, whether there will be some easing around the lockdown situation, particularly in the countries where it's been very, very strong and very rigid for a while. So again, I am, you know, I've got hope about Jupiter's <laughs> rapid move through Aquarius. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I hope Do you, you agree, like Christina, or not? I... Well, you know what I think. I, I I think that this is a really long process. Yeah. Uh, which uh, to deal with this virus, uh, and in in this country there are other serious economic problems too to do with Brexit. Yeah. 
this is prolonged it's long long dragged out and it will have different permutations Mm. um so the other thing that i think about the you know this all this stuff in aquarius is scientists working together and the rollout of these vaccines has been actually quite impressive and quite a big until you realize that they've only given one jab to people and that you need the next one um but um I feel that Saturn in Aquarius, it does symbolize lockdown and social distancing. You know, it is social distancing. So I I think that there will be some relaxing of lockdowns throughout this time, but it's not until there is an actual uh, realistic solution mm-hmm. Uh, quite wide you know quite globally that we're going to be able to actually really move forward Mm. no i agree Um, i agree i think it's much more long term yeah and so i I don't want to be gloomy or anything so i mean my sort of message would be there will be that is to grab every time that every you know opportunity when there is some kind of release because it may come back again you know Mm. That would be one thing I, I would say about this. I, I would say that when Jupiter goes into Pisces in May, you may actually really get an opportunity. Yeah, uh, and I think so too, because Jupiter then is in, I mean, so far we've been Saturn dominated, Saturn, yeah. on Saturn Aquarius. Once Jupiter's in Pisces, it's in a sign of rulership from May 14 to July 28. I, you know, I really see that as a time when there's going to be more, more freedom, more possibility. Um, and then and the flourishing of the arts, you know. So oh, oh, the arts, I just miss so much theatre, yeah, like God. music. I mean, yeah. I miss it so much. I think it's just such an important part of life. Yeah. And I really, Jupiter and Pisces, I so hope that that is really kind of back out there because mm. we're missing that. We're missing that so much. Um, and then Jupiter goes back into Pisces, into Aquarius, doesn't it? for the last five months of 2021 but will be returned to Pisces at the end of this year and then is in Pisces and Aries next year so I think it is worth watching what Jupiter's doing I really do I mean Saturn stays in Aquarius and we've got these Saturn Uranus clashes Mm. February 17th June 14th December 24th which is you know it's about the lockdown situation in the economy really it's about the protests as well. I mean, Myanmar is the classic one for the military coup and then the protests, which is kind of happening on this first Saturn Uranus. Um, but it's very much about the the situation and the economy. And yeah, it's about tension. people fight, you know, the rebellion against Saturn in Aquarius. And Saturn in Aquarius is the imposition of these very strong rules and restrictions. Yeah. And Uranus and Taurus does not like that. Mm. you know and it's those two clashing Mm. so but you know uranus is an aquarian planet so it's there will be solutions that come out of this that's what i find quite interesting about i think that clash you know it depends where you are in the world how that clash works but that clash could provide some really some huge breakthroughs in terms of innovation around uh the economy actually for example, um, universal, uh, whatever it is, a universal basic income, stuff like that. Um, 
So there could be some breakthroughs with that and breakthroughs around uh, innovation around climate change. And that's what we need. We need more innovation. Yeah. And it's there. We have the technology. It will come through. And I think that these that's what these clashes are about, that you have to have that kind of tension and dynamism in order to yeah. break through and move forward. So I, I find the Saturn-Uranus squares, which is a harsh aspect, but I think they're quite exciting. And they give this whole year much more momentum than it would otherwise have if it were just all stuck in Aquarius. Yeah. And it's a, it's a reminder that, you know, change, change isn't always comfortable no. <laughs> as well. That Saturn-Uranus clash. There's things that we have to do to kind of save the planet. Yeah. You know, there's, and it's that kind of, I don't want to let go, but I have to. So yeah, you, you're kind of forced to. Yeah. Um, and that's really one of the things that COVID is doing is it's accelerated quite a lot of, of this stuff that we were doing before, like Zooming, uh, you know, the people will not be commuting in the same way. Um, And that was already, all of this was already happening. COVID has forced us to happen much more quickly. And also cooperation with uh, global cooperation around science has got to happen. We need more of that. If they can cooperate to come up with these vaccines, why can't people cooperate to come up with some solutions to climate change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Working together. And that's part, you know, and that is the kind of the best side of Aquarius. Isn't yeah. It? It's the whole of society coming together. It's teamwork. This is what has to happen. It has to be teamwork and on the local level, but actually really on the global level. And that's what we should see is governments making these decisions, you know, yeah. because it's all very well that we're all sitting around recycling our plastic at home, but that's not going to save the planet. Mm. You know, what's going to save a planet is is laws. Mm. And that's Jupiter in Aquarius, I think, partly. Yeah, I agree. Exciting times. I'm very, I'm very weirdly optimistic about the year. Um, but I think that we, you know, we may be focusing too much on, we may are, we're being misdirected, we may be being misdirected and focusing on slightly the wrong things sometimes, you know so and i would say that's a mercury retrograde situation Mm. so think about where you're where you should be focusing and whether you're slightly misdirected yeah and get that direction right now yeah yes as this new month begins yeah okay on that note should we wish all lovely pisces a happy birthday including christina happy birthday to me (laughs) Okay, nice to see you. Goodbye, everybody. We'll be catching up with you again next month. Bye-bye.